You are listening to the Embassy Church Podcast, and here is today's message. We're still in the Lord's Prayer. Uh, Last week we talked about forgive us our debts, and so this week we're going to talk about as we forgive our debtors. So we're talking about forgiveness, and I'm just going to read the Lord's Prayer, Matthew 6. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever, amen. It goes on in verse 14, it says, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So we're remembering that this prayer is a daily prayer. He says, this is how you pray in that manner, and it talks about... um, Cliff, say hi for me. Um, It talks, it says, give us this day our daily bread. So we're, we're praying this daily. And, and I know that if you've been following along, you've heard me say this many times. This isn't just words that we say in order. There's meaning behind it. There's depth behind it. There's a process behind it. And it's a relational prayer. It's a conversation that you're having with God the Father. And so he's saying, this is something you pray daily. Forgive us. Forgive us our debts or forgive us our sins. Remember the word debt meant something that you could never pay back. You cannot pay this back. It's, a, it, it's given to us. It's a free gift given to us. So we're saying, forgive us our debts, but forgive but as we forgive those who have hurt us. Or if we forgive our debtors or we forgive those who have sinned against us. So the word forgiveness means, in its simplest form, it means to release. So remember that as we go on today, release. In its more complex form, it means this, to permanently forgive all debts and bring the balance to zero, meaning that they don't owe you anything. If they owe you something, you haven't forgiven. It also means to permanently forfeit the right to reproach, meaning I am not going to personally punish you for what you have done. And when I see or when I hear you, hear, hear you, I won't act in an unbecoming way. It means to permanently forego all forms of private or public judgment. You don't talk about the person or slander or gossip about them. You don't rehearse it over and over, talk bad about them, whether it's in private or in public. You stop repeating the offense. If you can't get over it or you keep repeating it, you probably are not over it and have not forgiven it. Proverbs 19.11 says, mercy holds its tongue. Forms of unforgiveness is revenge, hate. That's my, I can hear myself talking. (laughs) Forms of unforgiveness is revenge, hate, slander, gossip, sarcasm, 
verbal abuse, lashing out, name-calling, rejection, and avoidance for punishment's sake, withholding goods, withholding affection, bigotry, prejudice, racism, sexism. Those are a form of hatred, so therefore unforgiveness. Um, bitterness and rehearsing the hurt. Those are forms of unforgiveness. In Matthew 6, verse 14, which we just read, but I'm going to read it again. It says, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will the Father forgive your trespasses. So it's saying, if you don't forgive, it's pretty serious, God won't forgive you. So, we're going to look at that for a minute, but I want to say this, that doesn't, this isn't referring to salvation. Salvation, remember, is something you can't earn. That's a gift. So I'm going to explain to you what it means. Remember that the word forgiveness means release, okay? So if you don't release somebody, God will not release you. So let's look at that. In Matthew 18, Peter comes to Jesus and says, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me? And I forgive him up to seven, and I forgive him up to seven times? I think this is funny. Every time I read this, I think that Peter is actually like mad at somebody in the disciple group. I think he's mad at like Judas or something, right? And he's like, Jesus, and probably looking at Judas in the face, like how long do I, how many times do I have to forgive that person, you know? <laughs> Subtly talking to him, we've all done it, you know. And so he, he's, Jesus, how many times? Seven times do I have to forgive that person? And like Judas, you're at six. I got one more time. And uh, Jesus says to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Okay, I'm going to break this up because this is super interesting. This is just like a sidetrack, but you'll want to know this. Okay. 70 times seven also um, means 77 fold. Okay, this is important. 77 fold. And this saying isn't just you have to forgive them 70 multiplied by seven times. It was actually a saying in their day. So when he said 70 times seven, that actually meant something to them. Like we have lingo in PA that nobody else knows, right? You're poor cheap then, eh? Right? Like we all like, yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we all have lingo. And so when we talk, we don't even recognize. We're like, yes, when he was saying this, this was a lingo of the day. And what it actually meant was that you would go rank on somebody. So, you know, you're like, I saw Adam, Adam said this, and I went up one side him and down the other, I went 70 times seven on him. Instead of I just went, I just got mad, I took him out, I took him down, okay? Okay, so follow me on this, I'll show you what it comes from. It comes from um, uh, Lamech, who was a descendant of Cain, okay? And we all remember Cain killed Abel, right? Okay. So Genesis 4, 23, 25, it was a, it was a term used um, when someone got revenge on someone and went over the top. So here's what Lamech has to say. Genesis 4, 23, then Lamech said to his wives, Ada and Zillal, hear my voice, wives of Lamech, listen to my speech, for I have killed a man for wounding me, even a young man for hurting me. 
If Cain shall be avenged sevenfold, then Lamech seventy-sevenfold. So this was, the, this was the saying that they used in the day that someone hurt them a little, they went all the way on it. And so when Jesus was saying to Peter, you don't just go seven times, you go 70 times seven, meaning that when someone hurts you, no matter how it, you go crazy in your forgiveness for them. You see how the depth of that meaning? So they were probably like, whoa. Like you go over the top, you go all the way. That no matter how bad it is, no matter how much they're coming at you, 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 you go 70 times seven on them in forgiveness. That's the way of the kingdom. Isn't that cool? Okay, I thought it was cool. All right, back to our story. So Jesus is talking to Peter and he says to him, 70 times seven or 77 fold. Then he goes into a parable and this is the parable. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven... Whenever it's kingdom of heaven, this is the kingdom way of doing things. This is the way that God has ordained things to flow in our, um, in our Christian life. This is the way it's supposed to be, okay? Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. But as he was not able to pay... His master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and that payment he made. And that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him saying, Master, have patience with me and I will pay you off. Then the master of the servant was moved with compassion, released him and forgave him of all the debt. And the amount, I can't even remember the amount that he owed, but it was like a lot of money. He couldn't pay it back. But then the servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, barely anything. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat saying, pay me what you owe me. So this man who was just forgiven money, a debt that he was not able to pay, was forgiven and released from his debt, goes out and sees a guy who owes him barely anything and starts choking him out. He was going 70 times seven on him. (laughs) We're all going to use that term now, right? And so his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him saying, have patience with me and I will pay you all. And he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were very grieved and came and told the master all that had been done. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I have had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due him. So my heavenly father also will do to each of you from his heart, excuse me, So my heavenly father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. So it says that the master delivered him to the torturers. That's what he says. He said, I I delivered him to the torturers. And then it says, and so will the master do so so will my father do to you if if you do not release trespasses 
he threw them back in prison. And, and what, what it's referring to when it's referring to tortures is demonic activity, is, is, is demonic in nature. Have you ever had a battle in your mind when you felt like you were being tortured? Yeah. And so he's saying, if you do not release the debt, the, the unforgiveness, if you do not release it, my heavenly father cannot release you. Unforgiveness will cause you to be tortured in your mind, in your heart, and in your life. And the Father is so incredibly loving. This isn't because isn't he's cruel. This is because he's saying, listen, you have to deal with unforgiveness in your life. Daily, you cannot let unforgiveness stay there because it keeps you in bondage. You are not released. You are being held captive. You are holding yourself in bondage when you do not forgive. And the thing is about unforgiveness is that Christians, I mean, maybe the world, but we're, we're, we're talking about Christians today, okay? Is, is that this is something that we struggle with the most. Anytime I do counseling, almost 99% of the time, there's a root of bitterness, there's a root of unforgiveness that they don't want to forgive. You cannot be free if you refuse to forgive. It's what it says, it says you're, you're not released, you can't be released. Unforgiveness holds you captive and in bondage. And forgiveness causes you to live a life in abundance. Until you let the past die, your future cannot live. Until you let go of those things. And this is what's so beautiful about the Lord's Prayer, is it's, it's coming to that place every single day and saying, remembering, first of all, that I've been forgiven freely. I've received this forgiveness. And so now I can freely give. It's coming to that place and recognizing the price that was paid, the forgiveness that was issued to me. Remembering that, and then also having this conversation with God that's saying, is there unforgiveness in my heart? Because if there's unforgiveness in my heart, I am being held in bondage and I must release these things. You, you can justify your unforgiveness all you want. You can. But I promise you, there's no excuse for it. There's none. So if there's a chance in your life where there is a flow, a rhythm that, that you know is supposed to be operating and it's not, check your heart for unforgiveness. In fact, let's look, in, let's look at another verse. Luke 6, 37. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, 
and it will be given to you. These, are, these go together. This is a group. These things all work. So, so you can be like, I forgive, but are you judging? I'm not judging, but are you condemning? I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay that out. But they all go together. It's a, it's a flow that you need to look at and check your own heart to see if this is going on in my life. Given it will be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. So judge. To judge, it means a critical thought or word. Judging, am I, am I being critical of another person? Am I criticizing? Maybe not in world, I haven't said anything, but are you thinking it? Romans 2.1 says, therefore, you are inexcusable, O man, whoever you are who judges. For in whatever you judge, another you condemn yourself. For you who judge practice the same things. He says, it's inexcusable there's no there is no reason for it there's inexcusable means there's no you can't stand before God and say well I, w- I was judging because he says no actually there's just no excuse for it condemn condemn means to hope something bad happens or to hope they suffer the consequences of their actions I think that's funny because you can say, oh, I don't wish something bad happens on someone, to someone, but in our narrative in the world today, and I hear it all the time, um, not that we believe in karma, but people will say that, right? Like, I hope karma, karma will get them, right? Or another really popular word today or saying today that just drives me crazy is, I hope you have the day that you deserve. It's a, it's a nice ish way of of saying that I hope terrible things happen to you but I hope you have the day that you deserve I hope I don't have the day that I deserve yeah like and God says you can't you can't do that so someone did something to them or someone did something to you and you're hoping that they pay the consequences of it that's not excusable either You want them to pay for what they've done to you. That's not forgiveness. Forgiveness is releasing them. It's literally releasing it. And that goes back to what we talked about last week even with with them. Forgiveness is that you haven't forgiven if you are expecting that person to earn your forgiveness. Forgiveness is releasing. It's releasing them for what they owe, from what they've done. You you release them from it. They may never be able to pay it back. Release them from it. Okay. And then, of course, it says forgive. And you will be forgiven. So release. And then it says give. And it shall be given to you. This is, this is a flow. I'm judging not, condemning not, forgiving, and giving. It's a flow. 
It goes together. In fact, it goes together that if things aren't working right in your life, I would, I, I would urge you to check your heart and your life for any of these. Matthew 23, 23 says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint. And I don't even know how to say this word. I should, it's a spice. Anise? Okay. I don't want to say what I actually read it as, so that's why I had to stop. <laughs> and cumin. And have neglected the weightier matters of the law. So he says, you're, you're tithing, which you should do. That's great. But you're neglecting what... You're, you're neglecting the weightier things. You're, you're bringing sacrifice to God. You're doing the things, but don't be neglecting what's going on in your heart. Because this is what he says. You're neglecting the weightier things. Justice, mercy, and faith. And I want to show you this. this. Justice is judging not. Mercy is condemning not. Faith is forgiving. Faith is forgiving because it takes believing to forgive. Follow me on this. Unforgiveness is saying that, God, I don't trust you to handle this situation. So I'm going to carry it and take it and hold it and handle it myself. It's unbelief. Faith is saying, I trust you. I trust you with my heart. I trust you with my life. I trust you with the situation. I trust you with it. And not, I trust you to deal with that person, God. <laughs> you know, do the thing. Yeah. With the lightning and stuff, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's trusting God that, that he will handle it. Holding on to it is saying, I don't, I don't actually try, I don't actually believe. So he's saying to the Pharisees, you, you're doing the things guys, but you're neglecting some things that really matter. It matters, forgiveness matters so much to God that he says, if you're coming to give an offering, if you're coming to, to, if you're coming to give me an offering and you know that you have something in your heart from someone, stop what you're doing. Go fix that. That's how much it matters to him. Don't neglect this. Go deal with it. Go deal with it. Don't hold on to this. Forgiveness is releasing it from yourself and releasing it to God. Mark eleven twenty five says, and when you stand in prayer and you hold anything in your heart to another, forgive it. God is wanting us to be so aware of what's going on in our heart 
harboring unforgiveness holds you in bondage. We should remember this. This should be something that we, this is so important that he wants you to be free. He wants you to be released. He doesn't want the torment. Release forgiveness. So back to, I got to find here, Matthew 18, verse 35. At the end, it says, so my heavenly father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses when I was reading this does that that phrase jumped out from his heart from his heart recognizing that that's where we carry unforgiveness And, and I just felt like preaching to myself too that, that we have to be real and intentional about what is going on in my heart. It's one to say, oh, I, I forgive that person. I, I forgive them. But do you? Are you still holding them in contempt? Do they still owe you something? Do they have to earn something from you? It's not just lip service. It's from my heart. I am releasing that person and I am releasing them to God. And I'm releasing that hurt to God. So how do you forgive? You recognize that you do stupid things too. (laughs) Don't puff yourself up over that person. You have and are in need of forgiveness as well. Realize that whether they are Christian or not, that they are loved by God. And Jesus died for them too. No matter how bad, they are loved by God too. We must make a permanent release of their debt and release their judgment to God. And then lastly, we must bless them and pray for them. And that's where the real healing starts. That's, that's, where, that's where it is, where you begin to bless them and pray over them. In Luke 6, 28, it says, bless those who curse you and pray for those who hurt you. And that is the secret to having your heart healed. That that person that I have put a judgment out against, I'm releasing that judgment. And now I am praying and declaring only good. I am blessing them, blessing them. That's, that's, that is, that's like declaring over them. 
And, it, and it's not the kind of prayer like, God, I just pray that you deal with them. <laughs> not that kind of prayer. Get them, God. No. God, I just pray over that person that only goodness and mercy follows them all the days of their life. That they are blessed when they come in and blessed when they go. God, just bless their household. Bless their relationships, Father. That good overtakes them, Father. That long life they are satisfied. You just, you just begin to bless them. Anything that you would want for yourself. You bless them with it. You pray over them. I just thank you for encounters and times in your presence, God, that they just get so wrecked by your love that they would know your mercy. They would know your love. They would know your kindness, that you put people in their pathway. God, I pray so much joy overtakes them, peace that passes all understanding. And you keep doing it. You keep doing it. And that's where the healing comes in. Because unforgiveness is the opposite. I want to see them pay. I want what was done to me to be done to them. I don't want happiness for them. I, I want judgment for them. But praying and blessing is releasing. <laughs> I recognize that the devil will try to bring it back up. Maybe even years later. And you know what you do then? You go through the same process. You do it again. I've messed up. There are things in my life where I'm so thankful that I've been forgiven of. There are terrible things in my life that, I, that I've kicked myself for. And I'm so thankful that there was forgiveness. I'm so thankful that people issued forgiveness to me. Put yourself in their shoes. Maybe they know about it. I promise you that most people, when they've hurt somebody and sitting and talking with them, they, they kick themselves for it. There's things that haunt them too. Why do I know that? Because I know myself. You know yourself. You know there's things that you rehearse in your own life. It's like, why did I do that? Why did I say that? How was I that person? Remember, we make mistakes too. And, and God, God wants the best for me. And even in my mess and my mistakes, he's still coming alongside and saying, let's get back on track, girl. Let's go. Come on. Get on your feet. He's doing the same thing for the person that hurt you. And thank God, thank God he is, why? Because that makes him faithful. That makes him true to his word. 
That's what makes him good. That he's done that for me every time I've stumbled, every time I've messed up. Thank God he's doing it for the person that hurt me too. So when the devil tries to come and bring up those unforgiveness, those, you go back and you say, no, why? Because it closes the door. It shuts the door because he's looking for an in. Why? Because unforgiveness keeps you bound. So if he can get you to stay in unforgiveness, he can keep you bound. So he's going to come and try to remind you of what that person did to you. But you're not gonna do that anymore. You're gonna shut the door. No, I bless that person. I'm not gonna be bound, I'm gonna walk free. I'm gonna live as a child of the light. Just how the enemy works, 2 Corinthians 5.11 says, when you forgive this man, I forgive him too. And when I forgive whatever needs to be forgiven, I do so with Christ's authority for your benefit so that Satan will not outsmart us. You see that? I forgive, why? So that Satan won't outsmart us. There's another verse that says, so that he won't get a foothold, so that there's no entrance. So I'm telling you, there's a flow. There's the way the kingdom works, there's a flow and unforgiveness does not operate in that flow. It's a, it's a blockage, it's a bondage. You must release it from your life. So Satan doesn't get a foothold. Forgiveness doesn't make them or what they did right. It just makes you free. And this is why it's so, it's so important to God that it's part of our daily prayer. That God, is there somebody that I am in unforgiveness with? Is there some place in my life where I have picked up an old wound, an old unforgiveness, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I've opened the door again? Is it there? Am I harboring a judgment towards somebody, God? Am I holding somebody in contempt? Is there something going on in this part of our daily prayer where we release it? Every day, I release it. Every day, I stop and I bless a person. I pray over that person or the multiple people or whatever's in your heart that God brings up. And we walk free. Because freely, you've received. Now freely, you give. Freely, I've received forgiveness. Now I freely give it. It's the way of the kingdom. It's the flow of the kingdom. So Father, I just pray this morning, God, I know that you're dealing with people's hearts right now. 
and bringing up places in our hearts of unforgiveness that we've carried in whatever form. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you just continue to illuminate those places in our heart that we've been keeping ourselves bound. And we just begin to release. You know, even if you're sitting there and and God's speaking, you can just whisper, whisper that person's name and just say, I release them. I release them right now. I release them. I release them. And Father, we bless them. We bless them. God, I don't want bad for them. I want good for them. Send ministering angels. Let your goodness just come up from behind and overtake them, God. Let them live the most blessed life. Let them know what love is like. Let them know what joy is like. I release them. I release them from me. And therefore I become free myself. I've been released myself. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know, when I, um, I was just saying this to a friend this morning, whenever I preach or you have messages like this, You know, you always are like, okay, I need to check my own heart before I, you know, get up and and minister or anything like that. Or, you know, Jared and I will get into an argument and it's like, great, I can't stay mad. (laughs) I have to preach. (laughs) But this morning I was doing that just, God, is there there anything in my heart, in my life? And I knew that there was unforgiveness even in my own heart so I just started to bless that person and release it and I was listening to a song um, by um, uh, Jonathan and Melissa Hessler and it's called um, I don't even know cleaning out the clutter or something like that and she started saying we make space for you we make space for you We make space for you to come and fill. We make space for you to come and fill it. And I just, I felt like this unforgiveness that I'm holding stops him from filling that place. And as I release this unforgiveness, I'm making more space for more of him to come and fill that place. So Father, this morning we make space for you. I'd rather have you than unforgiveness. I'd rather have you than carry that person in contempt. I would rather have 
you so we make space for you to come and to invade our hearts. Now I'm not picking it back up again. We make space for you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. All right, don't, don't let it back in. Keep blessing them, Sean. <laughs> for more information about Embassy Church, visit our website at embassychurch.ca.